How'd you know it was muted? Oh, man. I hate it when somebody, at least you're going to put a sign up here flashing too. I need to bring that big one in. But anyways, uh, justification, uh, its definition of justify is to prove, to show, or to be just, uh, to vindicate. And, and the Lord had to vindicate us. The Old Testament saints were never vindicated. They, they were, their sins were remitted. And, and, and we're going to get that in verse 25 here in just a second. Uh, it says justification, definitely justified, to prove, to show, to be just, uh, to vindicate, to maintain, or defend as conformable to the law. Right, just, uh, uh, to pronounce free from guilt or blame, to absolve, to exonerate, to clear. Re redemption, definition, redeem, is to re regain possession of by payment of a stipulated price, to recover or to ransom. So it says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So redemption only comes through Christ. It, it, it's no other way you can get it other than Jesus Christ. So a lot of people, they'll, they'll say, oh, well, there's many ways to get to heaven. There is not many ways to get to heaven. There's one. There's only one, and it's Jesus Christ, and it's through his blood. A lot of the new Bibles will take the word blood or, or remove the word phrases blood out of it, and you're going to see here in just a second. Uh, go to verse 25. Uh, 325, it says, Whom God, now, now we're talking about the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, the Trinity, uh, which, like Brother Dave said last night, uh, I had an uncle one time said, Can you, I asked him, he said, I asked the question, it seems like we all have the same question. I said, how can you explain the Trinity? And he goes, and just like a, a good uncle Baptist preacher, Southern Baptist preacher, says, do you know anything about the game of football? <laughs> I guess everything has to be sports uh, related. But in heaven, you don't have no sports at all. But anyways, he says, the football has a, has a leather cover. I said, yeah. And it has a rubber inner tube. I said, yeah. It has air in the middle. I said, okay. He goes, that's three things, right? I said, yeah. He said, well, the air is like the Holy Spirit. That, that sustains it. That holds it all together. He goes, the, the, uh, the rubber inner tube is God, and the leather is Jesus Christ. He said, the only part you ever see of, and I said, well, that don't work. I said, why? He goes, because you can see the little rubber hole where you put the air in. I said, so that means I can see God. He goes, no, look at the other side of the football. Turn it over the other side. I said, okay, okay. So on this side, I can't see, I can't see God. He's on the other side. But I, I said, well, I, I, it's amazing what you think about when you start thinking about God. But, but so when he says right here, God, you're looking at the, the three parts of the Trinity. You're looking at the Father, Son, and then the Holy Ghost is in there too. So who God had set forth to be a propitiation. So Jesus was brought forth before the foundation of the world. Uh, uh, where's the verse at? Where's the verse at? Where's the verse at? It's in my brain. It's in my brain. But before the, before the foundation of the world, he was brought forth. Oh, my brain just went dead. It'll come to me in just a second. But uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all right, it, it just slipped my brain. It was there, and then it goes poof. I hate it when it happens. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. A propitiation, the definition propitiate, is to appease and render favorable to conciliate. So you're going to have to go back before the foundation of the world, before the universe was ever made, before creation, before Adam and Eve, before Satan was, before heaven, uh, before there was anything when it was just God. And they looked at themselves and they said, okay, we're going to create something. And you say, how could they talk to themselves? When we get there, we'll find out. Uh, they'll be playing football in heaven, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but, but you're going to have to sit there and you've got to place yourself back in a place where he was at, uh, they were at. And they're like, we're going to create something. And the moment we create something, 
there's a possibility that that thing can sin. Now, now that's a whole other study in itself when you start looking at it, and, and you have to get to the place where you realize God is holy. It says, be ye holy, for I am holy. We sing that song, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. That's God, and, and for us to understand that, it's almost impossible uh, because we're, we're tainted with sin. That's where we're at. But God is holy, and he's sitting here. He already knows. He knows things that we can never know. Uh, the hardest thing we'll ever get to be and do in life is to is learn how to trust him to do the right thing. Because sometimes we can't do the right thing, and he knows it. That's why he gave us what he gave us. So he's back here saying, the first thing I create, there's a possibility of sin. So I'm going to create, I'm gonna create a, 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 an archangel. I'm going to make an angel that is a, above all the other angels, uh, Lucifer. I'm going to make him. Uh, he's going to be the crowning uh, uh, achievement that I'm going to make in my creation. I'm going to make this, but, but he's going to sin. And although I'm going to make him perfect, he's going to sin. Because iniquity, sin, wasn't something God did. It was something that he did. When he gives you the ability to think, then you can start thinking. The most dangerous thing you'll ever do is think. Thinking is terrible. I don't know about you. I hate thinking, man. If I get alone, I don't like to think because it, uh, unless I'm focusing in on something, then my mind is there and I don't have to worry about anything. If I let my mind run, it'll run. I mean, it'll just run all over the place. So I, I, I kind of... Uh, bring it in to check all the time because it'll start thinking things that it should never think. And, and it always thinks negative. My mom is a perfect example of that, man. She is like a Mrs. Negative. Uh, if she could take, she'll even tell you. She goes, everything I do is negative. I think all negative. I'm like, why don't you ever think positive? She goes, well, but this could happen, that could happen. I say, yeah, but mom, nothing could happen. I know, but I always think negative. <laughs> it has to be negative. That's just human nature. But man, we're, we're, since we're sitting there and we're not God, there's an attribute of God up here that we do not possess, which is pure holiness. And since that's the case, uh, we, we could not ever, it, before he even made the first thing, he already knew that there was going to be sin. People say, why didn't he stop sin? He is. He's just doing it his way, not yours. And that's another problem we got. We want it our way. Uh, we want our Burger King, our Whopper, our way, and we want it right now. As a matter of fact, when we pull up the thing, we want to get it, to, and we want it there. When we pull up, they want to see us coming down the highway and see us and say, oh, here comes Mike. His Whopper's going to be like this. Uh, but that's not the way it is. God's got a plan laid out. He said, how are we going to pay for it? Uh, take your Bibles, go to uh, Isaiah. I think it's uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah. Isaiah 6, I believe. Could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I am just human, so y'all forgive me. Isaiah 6. Isaiah is talking here, but he's, he's given an indication of some things. Verse 5. Uh, it says in the, well, verse 1 says, In the year of King Uzziah did I, I see also the Lord sitting uh, upon his, a throne, high and lifted up, and the train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one having six wings. Twain covered his face and... With twain he covered his feet, and with twain he, covered, he did fly. And one cried unto another uh, and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, whose whole, whole earth is full of his glory. Uh, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the doors moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe, woe is me. Man, that's, that's a correct thing to do it. For I am undone. 
Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew a seraph from under me, having a, a, a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs of the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched uh, thy lips, uh, and thine iniquity is taken away. And I heard a voice saying, uh, uh, heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom now, the voice of the Lord is Jesus Christ, by the way. Uh, that's the only part. That's the voice. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. And the Word, uh, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God. And the Word was with God. The Word is spoken is Jesus Christ. So when you see something spoken, that's Jesus Christ. So the, the Lord, Jesus Christ, is right there saying, oh, and, I also, and, and I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. So in the beginning, the, the same question pops up. Who's going to go? Jesus said, send me. So God knew that the propitiation for sin, before the plan ever started, he already, he already had, now this, this helps you trust him. Before anything ever occurred, he already knew exactly what he was going to do. So he had no doubt on what he was going to do. Uh, and so that you can place your trust in him. You don't have to know what's happening all you have to do is understand what you need to do to get into that thing. That's all you need to do. So it says right here in verse 25, back to Romans 3.25, who God had set forth. So the Father, Son, Holy, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, who, whom God had set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. So the faith, the propitiation comes when you believe in the blood of Jesus Christ. First of all, if you believe, it's thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in God that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. What are you believing in when, you've got to believe that the blood that was shed at Calvary was what it took to get you in. Uh, and so many times we sit there, brethren, I'm telling you what, our churches out there will do anything to get anybody in any way, and God won't ever do that. You, you know what, I, I go to Luke, I, I did show you all this the other day, but I'm telling you what, the more I read this thing, all of a sudden it's just Luke 16. Uh, 1619. And, and I'm, this thing is starting to, the Lord has shown me that it is not, it's, it's not our programs. It is not our ways of doing things. You can get anybody to do anything. I can get anybody. Oh, let's go out and pass out gospel tracts. And you'll get 100 people to go pass out gospel tracts. Let's, let's put a, 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 a speaker on top of a van and go through the park, out, the, the thing out here, and hand out popsicles and gospel tracts. And they'll, we'll do it. I get thousands of people. Get people to go door to door knocking and actually witnessing for Jesus Christ with the thought in their mind of trying to win somebody to get, is the hardest thing you'll ever do. Why? Because it's easy to do something simple and give and give and give. And that's what we think. Oh, if we just do this, we can get them in. No, watch this. Luke 16, 16, 19. Uh, actually go to 16. Uh, he's already in hell. Uh, verse 27. The guy in hell, the rich man, says, Then he said, I pray thee, talking about Father Abraham, uh, that thou wouldst send uh, him to my father's house. Let Lazarus go. Let Lazarus go up from the dead and tell him, uh, For I have five brethren. So he's concerned about them. Abraham said, verse 29, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. That's what we have in front of us right now. You have the Bible sitting in front of you. You know, if that thing doesn't work for you, nothing will. Because as soon as you get off by yourself, we'll do what we want to do. That thing will either cleanse us or it won't. And if it won't, God says, don't worry about it. That's not your job. 
Your job is just to get it in them the best you can. Then go down to verse uh, 31. And he goes, oh, we're good, 30, 30 is a good one. And he said, nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. That's works. That, that's right there is, that is programs. I've had people come in here and say, what kind of programs have you got for young people? Church. That's what we got, church. But, but, but I mean, what kind of programs? Church. They need to go to church. They need to hear preaching. They need to sit under preaching. They need to get preached at. They need to know, know the difference between heaven and hell. Why? Because that's the Bible. Verse 31. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Everything we do gets people in the church. Means absolutely nothing at all if they don't get the word of God in them. If they don't get saved, what good is all the stuff? If, if, if Jesus Christ popped up out of the ground right here in front of us, uh, and everybody, oh, look, there's Jesus Christ. They'd follow him because he come up. He, they'll follow him because they fed him or he feeds the 5,000. They don't follow him because he's the word, he's the word in, incarnate. They don't follow him because of that. They follow him because they fed him. And that's what was wrong. We don't ever want to change. Change is good. We have to change. It's just a, a must. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. Jesus, through, his, through, faith, through faith in his blood, Christ's blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past. Now that verse right there, brethren, you got to get a hold of that verse. For the remission of sins that are past. There's the sins in the past. Everybody in the Old Testament had their sins remitted. They were not forgiven. They were remitted. Well, they were forgiven. They were not, re they were not redeemed. So now you got the story in Luke 16 where the rich man goes to hell, and you got Lazarus also going to Abraham's bosom. Why didn't they not just go to heaven? Because they were not redeemed. So everybody in the Old Testament, as far back as you can go from Adam all the way down, not a single one of them was ever redeemed. Their sins were remitted. So when a person, John the Baptist, when somebody went down for John's baptism, that's where Acts 2.38 is all messed up. When uh, John, they go to John, they didn't go to get their sins remitted. They were already remitted. Their sins were already forgiven. They were just going down to accept that, and that, that's what got them into, into Abraham's bosom. But they did not go to heaven. They did not go to heaven until three days after Jesus Christ died on the cross. Then the door to heaven was opened up, and up they go. Now, us on the other side, to us, redemption and redeeming and redemption happens at the exact same time for us. You guys are totally different than anybody else that ever lived. We're in the church age. We're more... We're, Oh, man, I get called all kinds. I, was, I can't even tell you how many times people call me a wacko crazy nut for everything I do. Uh, I was called today a cult. I'm a cult. Uh, because, I mean, I'm like, you know, I remember back in 86, 87, 85, somewhere in there, I was reading the Encyclopedia Britannica. And I looked up cult. And the Roman Catholic Church was right at the top of that list. Now they got Baptists up at the top of the list, and the Roman Catholic isn't even on it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Jehovah's Witness used to be a cult. They're not even a cult no more. They're a Christian organization. Uh, it, it's insane. Christ, it, w salvation is through the blood that Jesus Christ shed. It's not, uh, you hear people say, well, I got Jesus in my heart. Well, you better get his blood covering your sins or you're going to be in trouble, man. I mean, you better get the blood. The blood is what you need. So people will teach, oh, well, you just need to let Jesus come into your heart. Well, wait a second. Is, is the Holy Spirit everywhere at one time? then he's already in my heart. How could he not be in my heart? The question is, is have I believed what I'm supposed to believe 
If thou shalt confess with, if, uh, for Christ died for our sins, according to scriptures, and was buried and rose again the third day, according to scriptures. So when he died, he shed his blood for our sins. That's something you got to believe. We just, we don't like blood, man. For some reason, we don't. Propitiation. Uh, whom God had set forth to be propitiated, definition of propitiate, to appease, to render favorable, to conciliate. Before the foundation of the world, before the universe, before Satan, before God created heaven, that, that thing gets crazy out there when you start thinking about that thing. Uh, I mean, everybody sits there and looks at the universe like it's this great big thing. But God is great bigger than that. I mean, he is bigger than that. I mean, he's outside that looking at, at it and inside it at the same time. That thing, uh, I've seen a picture of, 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 of a place because there's verses in the Bible where it says he'll, one day he's going to take the universe off just like this and he's going to fold it up and he's going to put it over here like this and then he's going to put a new one in. That was just the universe. He just got, like he's wearing the thing and he's getting rid of it. I had to do that because it was getting hot anyways. That was a good time to do it. But, but you got to get to the place where God, if you ever want to see change in your life, you're going to have to put him where he belongs in your life. Uh, and, and there's no room between you and him for anybody else or anything. Uh, this stinking world will try to inject things into there for you. You can't have that. Uh, you got to realize what he did was he changed you at the day you got. Watch this. Go to John. John chapter 1. Man, this crazy book, crazy book. Dr. Rubman in class just taught us, and he, he threw the information out. And he told us, he said, all I'm doing is making you aware of where the information is. You're going to have to search it out. But as many, verse 12, 112. Look at 11. He came unto his own. Ah. Go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. We'll start there. Uh, verse 9. Uh, that was the true light, John, John the Baptist, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He, he was in the world, Christ. And the world was made by him, Christ, and the world knew him not. So they don't know who he is. He came unto his own, the Jews, and his own received him not. But as many as received him. So he's looking for those that can receive him, that will receive him. How do you receive him? You've got to believe on him. You've got to hear about him. Once you hear about him and you get, get that thing in your mind, all of a sudden you start thinking about him and you move on down the road, you get it. Then, then you have to realize that, hey, there's a, there's a payment for your sin. I did that on the back porch. I looked up and said, hey, Lord, I know I'm guilty. You're not guilty. I'm guilty. I'm the guilty one, not you. I mean, this is a conversation I had on my back porch. Uh, I don't know about anybody else, how y'all did it. It didn't really matter to me. I don't care. I know how I did it. Uh, I'm in the backyard. Hey, I'm in trouble. What do I do? Uh, I had to come to the place where I realized Jesus. Now, did I understand he was the propitiation for me? No, I did not understand that at all. I just knew I was in trouble. The offer was made. Here's my son. Take him. I'm like, okay, if he's the payment, I'm going to take it. It's free. Don't cost me a dime. I like free. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, I need to, you, need to get, you need to grab this. You need to grab it. In the beginning, God's sitting out here, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and all of creation is over here. That's Satan. That's Lucifer. That's Satan. That's Michael the archangel, that's Gabriel, that's the multitude of angels, cherubim, seraphims, heaven. Then he creates the universe and it's all out here. Do you know the moment you got saved, you went like right here? You're not, you're not there no more. You're, you're here with him. You become like him. You're, you're not like an angel or a, or a Satan. You're like him. You are now sinless for all eternity. 
That's what he did at Calvary for you. Now, if you didn't get that, you better get that. I mean, I'm talking about salvation. <laughs> because that's what he did at Calvary. The moment somebody gets out of Calvary, we, our churches are weak. Because we never tell them exactly what happened. You just became a son of God. Now, it's important that we get that because he says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. That was something that was imputed to me the moment I got saved. It was not imputed to me before. The Old Testament saints, that was not imputed to them. As a matter of fact, they never even got it. Only a church age saint gets that. I don't understand how the bride of Christ, I don't understand how that thing totally works. But there's something totally different about us than anybody else that ever walked this planet other than Jesus Christ. Crazy thing. Go to John chapter 3. This is a passage everybody knows. 316. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's, that's a good verse for eternal security. Verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. He never came here to, to throw people into hell. He came to get them out but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. So the moment we believe, the condemnation goes away. Uh, the propitiation is applied to us. God's righteousness is given to me, and I am no longer condemned. The Old Testament saint got past the condemnation, but they never got redeemed. So that's why they had to go to Abraham's bosom. The moment they got redeemed, when Christ died on the cross, he went down the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. He went down there, preached, and they believed and accepted. Boom, up they came. They all got redeemed at that point. Up they went. But you can't get redeemed until Jesus Christ dies. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So salvation is through Jesus Christ. Go back to Romans 3.23, 3.25. It's a little bit probably... I don't know if y'all did, but I remember in class I was like, it's just one of those things, man, where it's complicated. It's really, really complicated. Is that why the church age saints will be without excuse? Because we basically, I mean, it happens that moment, it's available, and if the people that reject it, then. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way they'll get in. And he will hold us accountable for what we did. If you read that over there, the white uh, judgment of Christ, he said what you did in his body. So not knowing, there's no excuse. People say, well, I didn't know. There's no excuse. No, 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 no. Because if I got saved and I became a son of God, why didn't I notice something different just happened to me in my life? Why didn't I say, what was that weird thing? That just, what, what happened to me? So I, I go to my uncle. What happened to me, man? Something happened to me. I mean, I'm not doing what I used to do. Something and he goes, Mike, and he tries to run me down Romans Road. And I said, I did that, I did that, I did that, I did that. Everything he said, I could say I did it. And then when I, when I got to that place, he goes, Mike, you're saved. I'm like, what is that? You know how many people don't do that? that we have a new guy coming in on, on Sunday. Anybody know his first name? I'm lousy with names. I don't even know. Aren't you Beth, my wife? Who? Ed? Is, is it Ed? Ed? Really, Ed? Anyways, he calls me up last Tuesday, and he goes, real soft-spoken person, and he goes, is this Pastor Elliot, the pastor of the Anchor Baptist Church? I go, yes. He goes, I've been watching you on TV, on, on YouTube. And he goes, and, and I'm, a, I'm an ex-Catholic because I just got saved, and I was reading the Bible, and the Bible and the Catholic Church are different. I said, oh, 
Oh, yeah, how about that? And he goes, and so I'm just sitting there laughing. He goes, he goes, and, you know, I had my Bible sitting here, and, and I was listening to Kim, uh, Brother Kim, and I was listening, which is, uh, uh, he's also a cultist. Yeah. But, <laughs> but Brother Kim, I was listening to Brother Kim, and, and then the Catholic Church, and, and when I look at the Bible, I said, the Bible don't say that. And you say that, priest, but the Bible don't say that. So he chunked it, and he ends up getting saved. And I'm sitting there, and then he calls and asks me, he says, would you let me come to your church? And I'm like, no, get out of here, you reprobate. You Catholic? I know. I said, you, I said, you don't have to ask me. Yeah, come. Sunday morning when he came in the door, I knew exactly who it was. Uh, I said, I know. I said, you're the guy that called me Tuesday. You know, he's one of the only guys that ever really told me they were coming that really came. Uh, <laughs> but a lot of people say that. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. And they never show up. This guy actually did. And, and he uh, walks in, and then he gets he, through the whole service Sunday morning. He's laughing. He's smiling. Like this, he's, and and he goes out to dinner with Mike and him right afterwards. And uh, so I, I said, "You got to watch Mike, man." I said, "They'll try to talk you into joining the church." He goes, "Yeah, they're going to try to fully persuade me." <laughs> That's what I preached on. I said, "Okay." He even listened to what I was saying. I mean, that was amazing. And then he comes back Sunday night, and he was here Wednesday night. And I'm sitting there going, "What is that?" You know what it was? He picked up a Bible. That's all he had. And he started looking at this thing, and he compared it to what he thought he had, which is the Catholic Church. Hey, if the Catholic Church is right, then go for it, man. But if you got a book that's sitting in front of you, and you start looking at this thing, and it says something totally different, then you got to stop and say, what is it? So there's no excuse. If a guy can sit there in his house and be Roman Catholic and lost, find a Bible, find Kim online, find us online, get saved, and then starting to grow, there's no, where's the excuse going to come in? Because the Lord will bring people like that up who just got saved yesterday, and here I've been saved for 43 years, and he's going to say, Mike, you used to do that. What happened to you? Oh, you know, Lord, it's just, my frame is but dust. You know my dust, dust part? He goes, uh, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. You had that. You could have got it. Did you get it? No, you didn't get it. Why? Because you didn't want it. And now you're going to stand before me, and you're going to try to excuse why you didn't do what you... There's no excuse, brother. There's no excuse. Not for a church age saint. Not for a church age saint. I'll, I'll go with Job and all the rest of them guys. I was talking to a guy who bought my log splitter the other day. And uh, I put it on Facebook's great, man. I like it. Uh, marketplace. I don't like Facebook. Facebook, I don't even have an account, but I had to get a Facebook account to get the marketplace. But I put it on there, and this guy comes over, and he goes to uh, Patterson Park, yeah. And, and he leads the worship service every now and then. I'm like, well, praise God, hallelujah. I never, I never said, oh, is that Catholic? I never said that. Uh, I, never, I never made him feel bad or anything else. And we started talking, and I started preaching at him. And I mentioned Job, and he goes, I, I, could, never, I could never do what Job did. I said, oh, yeah, you could. I said, you just haven't been trained yet. I said, what happens to most of us is we stay down here, and we never grow. And the only way you grow is getting that book. You can't grow. That's, the Lord said it. They, you have Moses and the prophets. And now, but when he said that, the New Testament wasn't written yet. Now the New Testament is getting written. So we have Moses, the prophet, and the New Testament, we got a Bible. It's called a King James 1611. And we should grow by that thing. That thing right there should make you grow. Uh, if it doesn't, then you start getting into this thing. Well, what exactly happened? Well, God knew out here before the foundation of the world, before anything, he made anything, universe, heaven, or anything, that there was going to have to be a payment made of sin. For if I make something... And they were all in total agreement, which is amazing, because most Baptists never are in total agreement. But to have the Father, Son, Holy Ghost in total agreement, somebody has to pay that thing. 
who, what can we make as a payment? Me, I'll, I'm the perfect payment. <laughs> Is there anything more perfect than me? So I'll make my payment and I'll split myself into three parts and I'll go somewhere in this thing when he planned that thing out, he'll lay it out. When he got it laid out, he said, okay, now that it's laid out, he goes right here is when I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna bring it in right here. But what am I gonna do before this? So he makes a way. So he says the blood of bulls and goats. So in the Old Testament he says blood, 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 blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood, Leviticus 17, 11. The life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that make an atonement. You got to have the blood. It has to be there. Uh, so when the death angel goes through Egypt, he says, take a, a sheep, and what you do is you take the blood, and you put some on the uh, lintel, and then you put some on the doorpost on both sides, like right here, and the, 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 the thing is in here, and the blood's right down here. Basically, what you got is a picture of the cross. That's exactly what, and, and when, if that cross was on your door, the blood was there, the angel of death passed over you. That's exactly what's going to happen to me. I won't need nobody to say one thing about me. I'm going to have the blood splatted all over me. Uh, I'm going to look like an Indian when I walk into heaven because the blood's going to be all over me. People say, but there ain't enough blood. In God, if, if God is outside the universe and Jesus is outside the universe and he's that big, then he's bigger than the universe and there's more blood in his veins than this universe could ever use in a million, trillion, zillion years. You don't have to worry about the amount of blood you need. He's got plenty. Uh, he can make it all day long, but he, he was a propitiation. So propitiation is to appease. God was looking at something that was going to appease him. This goes to tell you, nothing can appease him. There is nothing you and I can do to ever appease God. There is nothing that we could ever present to him. I've had people say, Mike, you can't do enough to take care and, and give God back the glory. I said, I'm not trying to do enough. I'm trying to pay him back for what he did for me. I'm trying to do something for what he did for me. He did something that nobody else, he gave me the best thing that you could possibly ever have. There's nothing any better than what he, we're going to go on vacation this, you know, I, I really, I mean, Beth is getting excited about it. I'm kind of excited about it, but I know in a couple of days it's going to be over and I'm going to be back home. And then I'm going to say, boy, I could just stay at home and save the money. And there'll be some good memories there and we'll have some fun and, and you'll blow off some steam and all that other stuff. But when it really comes to this world, this world has nothing nothing really in its place that can take the place of Jesus Christ. Uh, theologically, atonement or atoning sacrifice, that's what Jesus did specifically, that which as Christ at Christ's death appeased the divine justice. So God has a justice system that is inerrant in him and the Holy Spirit, the, the Trinity. It's, it's right there. There's a justice system. And something has to, if he's going to forgive the sin then he has to make something that nothing can touch, and it's, it's him. There's nothing else could be. So there's nothing, the blood of bulls and goats would never do it. Uh, you talk to, I've talked to Jews before, and they say, oh, well, I said, when's the last time you made a blood offering? They haven't. You won't ever see a Jew making a blood offering today. They don't do it. They do all their other stuff, and they do their bar mitzvahs and all that other stuff, but they don't do no blood offerings. Uh, well, if they do, they do it in Jerusalem, and that's when they're getting ready to eat it. Uh, and they go roast the thing, and then they chow down. That's the only time they ever do a blood offering. They used to cut, a, cut the little lambs up over there, and next thing you know, it's on a dinner table. But, but, but to get saved is a totally different thing. And that thing, once a person understands that, it is not what you do for him. It's what he did for you. And it's not what somebody else does for you. It's what he did for you. So what did he do for you? He, he was your propitiation. Uh, Christ did appeases divine justice and uh, conciliates the divine favor. Uh, reconcile, expiation, satisfa uh, satisfaction, 
atonement. That's what it was. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other things. Remission, remission, and I mentioned this last time, is not redemption. He says remission of sins in the past. That's what verse 25, for the remissions of sins that are past. When they took those animals in the Old Testament and they went up and did, and, and he told, y'all have read, oh man, you read Leviticus. I'm, I'm, I'm just about done with Leviticus, but Exodus, he makes all this stuff. And it all had to be done according to the pattern that was showed. You know the intricacy of the pattern that was showed Moses in the mount. Then Moses had to relay that pattern to those two men. And those two men had to relay that pattern to the workers that was working. And they had to build this tabernacle exactly like God said. So you get to the inside, when you actually get inside this thing... Uh, the Holy of Holies had a covering across this thing, so it was pitch black in here. That means when you open that, when he walked through this thing, I mean, those things overlapped each other, and they were so thick, they'd never let no light in at all. And as a matter in the Holy out here, uh, there was a covering out here, so when you come across that thing, there was, there was actually no light in here at all, and there was seven candles over here. Uh, the menorah, I think they call it a menorah, it's got seven, one in the center and six little things on each side coming up. They light those. Those are what lit the inside of that thing that showed you what the light. So the priest's job was to always keep that lit. You know what your job is in life? Is to keep that lit in your life. That thing's a picture of you. There's nothing in the Old Testament that the Lord didn't. So he shows the Jews this, and all they think is just a job. It's not the adventure. It's the job. I've got to wake up in the morning. I've got to make sure the lights are lit. I've got to make sure there's oil in all the lamps. That's the whole, could you imagine doing that your whole life? What's your job this month? Putting oil in the lamps. Seven of them. Little ones. How do you, you can't spill it either. You've got to be perfect. You've got these little oilers. And you fill them up. And then you come back the next day and you fill them up again. That's your whole job in life. I mean, you're talking about boring, man. We feel like we're not satisfied. Where's job satisfaction at? That's all they did. They did what they were told. But when you look at that thing, the first thing you see is an altar out there, burning altar, and your sacrifice needs to go on that altar. Before you ever walk into that thing, that sacrifice needs to be on the altar. Once you put the sacrifice on the altar, that gets you around. Now your sins have been remitted. You have not been redeemed. You have just been remitted. Now God's allowing, why? Because they're still there. They go around that thing, they wash their feet off like they said they do. You, you, Sometimes you get dirty, so you wash your feet, then you go in the holies. The light's lit up over here. The bread's over here. Now you can see the bread. The altar of incense is right here in the middle, and the, the, the you know, prayers go up. A priest, one priest can walk in that thing. So that means that the glory of the Lord on this side over here, when that priest walks in the room, uh, that mercy seat lights up. And the glory of the Lord is sitting right here, and he, it's the blood. He has to put blood on that mercy seat. All that did was redeemed or remitted their sins. Their sins. When a person did all that, their sins was remitted. The moment you did that, what happened is all that happened, and you were redeemed at the exact same time because of Jesus Christ. The old, that's why there can't be no way that... Has anybody ever heard Old Testament and New Testament salvation is the same? There's no way it could be. It's impossible. They did not have the blood of Jesus Christ. There was no way that could be. I, 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 I actually got a guy to come off the mission field. Me and him argued all the way down to Monterey, Mexico and back. I mean, we're in the front seat arguing. And he's telling me the Old Testament saints are the same. I said, you're a moron. 
And he goes, I'm going to be a missionary to Mexico. I said, you can't even teach yourself. I said, how are you going to teach him? Everybody's in the back going, ooh, Elliot. And I just couldn't do it, man. I mean, I just, I can't listen to that stupidity. And, and you're sitting there telling me this stuff. And Willie Cosby, three-finger Willie, man, he got his fingers cut off. I mean, people are stupid. But Willie, Willie stuck his hand. His brother said, don't you stick your hands on that chopping block. He was out there chopping wood. And his brother said, don't you stick your hands on my chopping block. Now, Willie was, he, he was 65, 66. How, how old was he when he died? 70 when he died. So he died 10 years ago, maybe, a while back. So that's 80 years ago, let's say. And then people back there were totally different than they are today. His brother said, don't put your hand on it. And Willie did, and he chopped his stinking fingers off. And so Willie, the rest of his life, is going around like this, man. And uh, three finger, they called him Three Finger Willie. But uh, Willie's back there, oh, Elliot, shut up, shut up, please, shut up, don't. And all the way down, when we got back, the guy, he, he quit, man. He said, I ain't even going to be a missionary no more. Uh, because what, he, uh, what, what I'm trying to say is, he did not want the truth. What he wanted to, was to do what he was, you know, oh, man, I get paid as a missionary. I can go out on a, a mission field out here, and I can just get, get money, and I can go on a, a vacation for the rest of my life, and you guys will pay for it. We are so stupid, man. You know, we give money to people, and we don't even have no idea what they're doing with it. Uh, the Lord should be in it. That's why I think the church, uh, our mission program is when you give to the church missions, it goes into a, a kitty, and, and we divvy it out to the missionaries. Uh, we picked all these missionaries here are missionaries that other people were getting. And what we did was I, I said, let's do this. Let's take them all into the church. I don't care if I agree or disagree with them. It, at this point, it didn't even matter. I said, let's take them in. As they come off the field, we'll, we'll deal with it then. And then as new ones go on, we'll make sure that the ones go on is what we believe that the Bible says and that they're, they're doing what they say. But when you sit there and look at that thing, we, we got all this stuff. And they said for the remissions of sin and repentance, every time they made a blood offering in the Old Testament, that's what they were doing. Uh, when you say the Old Testament saints are, get saved by grace the same way, it's not the same way. It's a, it is grace. It is grace. I got that. It's great. God's grace is the same. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's His grace that anybody could even find and do it. I mean, you had to go find a lamb in the Old Testament. You had to find a lamb. It had to be spotless. It had to be a lamb with no blemish on it. You had to put that lamb somewhere and hide it for 14 days so nothing happened to it. Not a tick, not a gnat, not anything to get on that little lamb. And then you had to bring that little lamb to the thing, and they're going to kill that little lamb for your sin. And your sins get remitted at that point. And God says, you're fine. You say, why? Because the redemption hasn't come yet. That's Jesus Christ. Anyways, back to this. So he says, that for the remissions of sins that are past. Isn't it amazing how Paul knew all this stuff? The guy's only been saved for, you know, 20 years, and, and he had to go on the backside. There was no Bible at this time. He's writing it, by the way. Uh, we're sitting there, and we're, we got the privilege of having it in front of us. Uh, he didn't have it. Through the forbearance, for, through the forbearance of God, uh, go to Acts 17. Acts 17 real quick. And then, then we're going to move to, wow, man, it's time to go into this. Where'd time go? Time just flying. I don't, I don't know where it goes. We're going to take a break here in a second. 17. Acts 17, 31. Paul's sitting there talking. I like this. Verse 23 is a good one. He's up on Mars Hill. Uh, you always you pray to God, say, hey, give me, a, give me something to say. Verse 22, uh, Acts 17, 22, Paul's up on Mars Hill. Says, then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and, and said, ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. If you could just imagine a, a windy road going up the top of that hill on Mars Hill, they got their little temple up there on top. 
they got altars all along the way, all the way up there on each side of the road, just these altars. And they got these gods on these altars. They just got a ton of gods. And you got a new god, we'll put them out there, man. We got one. But he comes up to this one, and this altar right here, he goes, uh, verse, verse, uh, uh, verse 23, For I, as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found on, uh, an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. Boy, you're talking about a place to start preaching right there. Hey, you don't want to know, you want to know who he is? I can tell you who he is, man. That's Paul. How did Paul get that? Well, go down to, go down to, go down to 31, 1731. Paul's sitting there preaching at him. It says, uh, because he had appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, wherein, uh, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that, all ha uh, that he hath raised him from the dead. Our assurance comes from the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And number one, it's the blood that was shed at Calvary that saved you. But your assurance is... Christ died, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 5, 3 and 4. Christ died for our sins, according to scriptures. That's good. And he was buried. That's good. And that he rose again the third day. If he didn't come up out of that ground, you ain't coming up either. But he came up out of that ground. And what did he do? He shed his blood at Calvary for my sins. And then he came up. That's our assurance. I know, I know one of these days, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded. Are you persuaded? And am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Have you committed anything to him? I committed my soul to him. And I said, okay, keep it. I can't keep it. When I was a kid, my, uh, my granny, uh, I mean, she's the only one out of all of my, my dad's mom, my dad or my mom's side, she's the only one that ever... Well, Aunt Hattie. I had to throw Aunt Hattie in there, too. But my granny, every time I seen her, strangest thing. I mean, I should have got the picture of a Christian right there. She'd sit in her little rocking chair, man. Watch this. This is cool. It'd be like this right here. Huh? No, I ain't going to put a dress on. You can hang that up. That's a, that's a tunic. <laughs> she would sit in her little rocking chair, and she'd have her Bible. Or she'd be watching soap operas. I'm like... The rocking chair I got, my granny sitting there I got, reading the Bible I got, what, 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 soap operas? As the stomach turns, I mean, it's the same thing. And she would sit there and watch it like it was really real. And then she'd read her Bible. And anyways, so uh, I, go, I go to this uh, skating party one night, and uh, I cheat and lie and do something. I did something, man. I had to do it because I won the Bible. Uh, I knew I didn't do it the right way because I never would do anything the right way. Uh, I'd go to Catholic picnics, and I, I could cheat at a Catholic picnic. <laughs> And win those uh, the roulette things. I knew exactly how to cheat, man. Uh, I could I could win. Oh, I was I was I was the best Catholic you ever seen. I, I was if I'm gonna, I'm always I like winning. I don't like losing. And I know they're cheaters too, man. Them guys come through cheating. So I, I mean I did all that stuff. And uh, I went to anybody ever been over to Christmas Land or whatever is Christmas thing over in Indiana? What is that place over? Christmas something? It's a it's an amusement park thing. But back when I was a kid, it was over in Indiana. And, and they had these, you go through there and they give you a, 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 a graham cry, no, a gingerbread man. And I would, I would go all the way through, get my gingerbread man, eat it. Then I'd fall down on the ground and crawl back to the beginning of the line again and get back in. After the guys let you in, I keep going back through eating gingerbread until I got sick. <laughs> I was just a hellion. It's a wonder the Lord, <laughs> he looked down and said, we don't want him in heaven, man. You can't trust that kid. Never, ever, ever. Uh, but, but here's my granny. I, I got that Bible and I gave her that Bible. 
to hold for me. And she died. And I forgot all about it. And one day, my aunt, one of my aunts called me up and said, hey, Mike. I said, yeah. She said, I got something for you. I said, what is it? It was that Bible. And she kept what I committed unto her and gave it back. You know, that was my granny. Boy, the Lord gave me something, and he said, commit it to me, Mike. Give it to me. It is an actual thing that I did. I think what fail, most people fail is they don't realize exactly what they did. They never became part of what they did. I knew what I did. I know whom I have believed. I know that I believed Jesus Christ was my Savior. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded. You can't take it away from me. I'm persuaded that he's able. I gave him something. I know by what I'm reading here, I can't keep it. There's nothing I can do. I'm going to mess up. If Paul messed up and everybody else messed up and Peter messes up, then, and he says, get thee behind me, Satan, that pretty much eliminates me. I'm going to mess up. So I need to take what I have and I need to put it someplace that's safe, that can never be touched. And the only one I know I can do that with is Jesus. He said, I know whom I have believed in and persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. What day is that? That's the day I die. One of these days I'm going to bite the big one and I'm going to die and I'm going to absent from the body, present with the Lord. And when I walk up here, he says, Mike, I got it. <laughs> Still got it, man. Still got it. Anyways. Uh, so it's atonement. Remission is not redemption. Redemption, uh, definition, the act of remitting or forgiving, pardoning, pardon or of transgressions of divine law, forgiveness of sins or release from the penalty of sin. Their sins were remitted back here in the back. When they made those offerings of lambs, of bulls and goats, and that's why God did it, their sin was remitted because the Lord before the foundation of the world, way, way out here, looked forward and said it's the blood that's going to cleanse the sins finally. It's the blood that's going to redeem them finally. But until then, what are we going to do? We're going to give them remission. So what Paul's doing is he's talking about, he's talking about Old Testament saints here, what they did, what they did to get to this. That's what he's talking about. It's not New Testament, it's Old Testament. How did they get here? My nose is running all over the place. You probably didn't want that on the... Uh, Uh, but anyways, so he's Old Testament. So remission uh, is the act of remitting. Then remitted, the definition is to give up or to abandon, surrender, uh, to set free, liberate, uh, release, release of a prisoner. They're, oh, thank you. How come you didn't give me no water? Y'all gave Dave Spurgeon water. Y'all never give me nothing, man. They just give me a hard way to go. Preacher says, I wish I had some water. They go get it. Run. I wish I had this. They run and get it. I'm sitting up here, been here all my life, and doing all this stuff, falling off and killing myself. Do I get water? No, no, nobody's ever. Still ain't got no water. <laughs> you are sad. It's sad, brother. It is. <laughs> well, they, yeah. Every time I've ever asked him if he wanted water, he said no. Well, that's because I'm obstinate. Like two, two times. Yeah, you have none because you asked none. But anyways, so, so uh, remission secures fellowship. Uh, what remission does is when your sins were remitted, what, it, what the Jews allowed that when they made the blood of goats and bulls and all this other stuff, when they did that, they, they and you hear me say this all the time, and Dr. Roman was, was always on that, is fellowship, 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 fellowship. Without that fellowship, you can never get relationship. 
So you got to get the relationship and the fellowship all there together so you can get that thing together. And then once you get it, you don't want to lose it. So the blood of bulls and goats. So every year they had it. Well, aren't you glad you don't have to do that every year? I did it one time in 1980 on a back porch in Louisville, Kentucky, and I'm done. And I'm, I don't even have to try to keep it. Uh, so when we do stuff and we try to get ourselves right, you know what the Lord is looking down? He goes, look at that, man. He goes, they're doing that because they want to do that, not because they have to do it. I don't have to do nothing. I could go sit in a bar right now and get drunk all over the place. I could do whatever I want to do and still go, I'll go right to heaven. People say, well, you can commit a mortal sin. You blasphemy the Holy Ghost. You can't blaspheme the Holy Ghost. I couldn't blaspheme the Holy Ghost right now if I wanted to blaspheme the Holy Ghost. I can't do it. Why? Because he died for all sins. Any sin that you could commit. Now, I could say something against the Holy Ghost. He could get mad at me and kill me. But I'm still going to heaven. There ain't nothing you can do about it. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in, in fear of damnation. All right. So the Old Testament saint could be forgiven but could not be cleared or redeemed. He could not be justified or redeemed by the blood of bulls and goats. The blood of bulls and goats only remitted his sins. So when Jesus died on that cross, number one, we're looking at sins in the past. He's dying for those in the past, from Adam all the way up to here. Not the angels. The angels were created perfect. There's no hope for them. The fallen angels, Satan, Lucifer, all them guys, there's no hope for them because he, they were not, it's only human. Uh, uh, John, uh, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit. You've got to be born of a woman to be eligible for what we're getting ready to get, that he's going to give us, and what he gave the Old Testament saints. So for, uh, for the remission of sins is always a reference. Well, let's do this. let me finish this. The Old Testament saint could be forgiven, but could not be cleared or redeemed. That's Old Testament. Uh, he could not be justified or redeemed by the blood of bulls and goats. Go to Hebrews 12, 9, 12. Hebrews 9, 12. Crazy book, crazy book. Weren't you glad? Boy, I tell you what, the more I read this thing, I sure thank God for Paul. Man, I mean, it, what would we do without him? Well, actually, I thank God for Jesus Christ. Uh, I thank God for God. Uh, but what would we have done if he didn't have men? You, you got to, there's only one Paul, by the way. And I'm not him. I never will be him. I don't even care to be him. Uh, Paul was set up for a particular job by the Lord to do a particular thing. So is everyone in this room. When you try to be something you're not, you'll fail. Then you'll get miserable because you failed, because you try to be something you're not. You know what you ought to do is try to figure out what you are. Every single one of us, Paul was not Peter. Peter was not James and John. James and John was not Matthew. Matthew was not Judas Iscariot. Thank God. <laughs> Judas Iscariot went out and hung himself. But when you look at that, you are who you are. And until you find out who you are, you're wasting your time if you're trying to be. Paul said, be followers of me as I am of Christ. I got that. But there has to come a place somewhere in your life. Uh, did I say Hebrews? If I don't get there real quick, then I'll forget where it is. Hebrews 9, 12. I got big blue verses here where I put it in blue, so I, they, it pulled me back on. 9, 12. Hebrews. Hebrews 9, 12. Uh, verse 11, but Christ being come as a high priest of good things uh, to, come, uh, to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not uh, of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, 
but by his own blood he entered into, in, in, in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Redemption. So when he walked in there, what he did, and a lot of people don't get this, uh, Mary, Mary, uh, okay, go, go to, uh, I think it's uh, John, John chapter 20. I think it might be Mark something, or it might be something, something else, but we'll find out real quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Verse, uh, verse 16, Mary's talking to the Lord. She finally, uh, Jesus said unto Mary, she turned herself, said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say master. Jesus said unto her, touch me, touch me not, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but I go to my brethren, and, and uh, but go unto my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto the father, and your father, uh, and your, I ascend to my father and your father, and to my God, and to your God. And Mary takes off running. So when you get over in Hebrews, what you're getting ready to read here, and he goes, uh, verse 13, for if uh, neither by the blood, verse 12, by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. So what you're reading is what he just did right there when he told Mary, don't touch me. Because if you touch me, I cannot walk into the throne room of God, of my Father. I cannot do it. I'll have sin on me. You can't touch me. I am clean right now. I've died. I've went down to hell. I've put the sins of the world, the sins of mankind into hell. They're all gone. I went over to Abraham's bosom where there was no sin. I stayed there for three days. I come up. Now I'm sin free. I'm clean. But I got my blood. And I got to take it into the throne room. That's what he's doing right here. What we've had down here is we've had a picture of that throne room, which was the tabernacle or the temple. And they would go in once a year and sprinkle the blood on the, the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat, and that would appease God again. But what Jesus Christ did when it said when he died on the cross, the veil of the temple, isn't it amazing how much stuff is in that book? The veil of the temple rent in twain as he died. You know what that means now? That, hey, this way has just now been made open. He dies. Three days later, he pops up. Mary's there. And just like anybody else, I mean, she loves him to death. She wants to grab hold of him. He says, don't touch me. And she obeyed. Didn't touch him. He shoots up into heaven. It says right here, he says, uh, he entered into once the, the, the tabernacle, into the holy place in heaven, having obtained eternal redemption. So the moment he walked, could you imagine that picture? He's walking down through there in heaven. And all the angels, I mean, we were talking about a pretty big place. But he's a big tall guy at that time too. So his footsteps are probably really big. He's probably walking like 100 million light years at a time. And he's walking down there with his blood. All the way down the end. And he's going to drop it at the altar down there. That's what he did. The blood of bulls and goats remitted your sin. They never could get you there. What he just did for us is when he put his blood in, in the altar in heaven, he did. Now he comes back down, let's do it. So, anyways, uh, for the remission of sin, uh, 26, verse 26, uh, Hebrews 26, uh, 9 26, 9 26. We're already there, so let's read 26. For then must. Uh, Verse 25, nor yet uh, that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with the blood of others, bulls and goats. For then must he hath often died, often suffered since the foundation of the world. So that means that if he had, if his blood wasn't enough to do it, 
If his blood was like the blood of bulls and coats, he would have had to do the same thing everybody else did all the way down through there. He's not doing that. He goes right here, but he goes, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. You know how close the rapture is getting ready to be? He's saying the end of the world is right there. That was 2,000 years ago. It's been 2,000 years from that. I mean, we're, we're at the end of the end at the end of the world. It's getting ready to happen. And as it is appointed that a man wants to die, but after this is judgment, we got out of that thing because of the blood that he shed at Calvary. Uh, go to 10. 10. Hebrews 10. One chapter. That's the next verse. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, Jesus Christ, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. But boy, what Jesus did, did. Uh, go to four, verse 4, verse 4. He says, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. It just remitted it. There's a difference in the wording. You've got to get the word in remission. Uh, so then look at verse, look at verse, look at verse, look at verse 11. 11. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering Old Testament, we're looking at Old Testament now, of the, of the uh, ten times, well, offering of the oftentimes, man, I, I, how in the world did I see that? Oftentimes, the same sacrifice which can never take away sins, blood of bulls and goats. But this man, after he had offered the one sacrifice, Jesus Christ, two years ago, uh, for sin, sat down on the right hand of God. So that means he left here, shot up to heaven, had tea and crumpets, sit down with the Lord, had, had talking. Michael and Gabriel all in popped up. Lord, man, that was, that was some plan. <laughs> Can we see a rerun of that? We've been watching this thing for like 10,000 years. And I mean, all the way from the beginning back here, when the Lord made us, I mean, we watched this whole thing, and these little pieces and parts kept happening, but we never did see the whole thing until right now. You just did something that is, that is unbelievable. He goes, yeah, he goes, I, guys, I got to go back down, man. I hate to really leave you all, but I'll be back shortly. Uh, and then he shoots back down, and here's Mary uh, down there at the tomb. And, no, she's already gone, but the, the other two ladies that he sent earlier back to run, they're still running from the tomb. That's how fast this stuff happens, man. They're running from the tomb. He's already been up there, done, dropped the blood off, had fellowship, talked to everybody in heaven for a little while, shot back down here, and they're grabbing his feet, touching him now. So whatever he did, he's already done. And now it is finished for all eternity, and Satan thinks, I done blew it. I said, I should have, I should have killed that guy when he was a baby. But you couldn't because the Lord gets him out of everything. That means that God has full control over everything. You got to just trust him. You got to trust him. Remission was brought about by the blood. We read that 922, Hebrews 922, under the Old Testament law. Remission was. So the blood in the Old Testament by the bull of God brought remission in. The sins of the saints in the Old Testament, their sins were remitted. Now, did they go to heaven when they died? No, they went to Abraham's bosom. So the Old Testament saints in the old, uh, were not saved the same way you and I are. It would be, I would love to, it, it makes everybody feel good to say that. But I'm just sorry, they just didn't get that. Uh, sins were remitted under the law by the shedding and the sprinkling of blood. That's what they did in the Old Testament. That's what he set up and do this. I read Leviticus, I'm like, Lord, I could have never done all that. Whew. I could never have done all that. I said, I, I mean, I would have forgot it all. I'd have forgot something in there somewhere, and you'd have hit me with a lightning bolt. I'd have done something wrong. You look at Uzzah. Uzzah, they put, uh, the Philistines can get away with throwing the Ark of the Covenant on a new cart and sending it back with two new milk kind, and that's okay. 
Uzzah does that, and the ark shakes, and he touches it to keep the ark from rolling down the hill and getting scratched up, and God kills him dead. We're different. The Jews were different than the, the Gentiles, man. They were just different. They were supposed to realize they were different. We're different. Sin was forgiven, remitted by the blood of bulls and goats. Now, I'm still looking at Old Testament stuff, verse 25, Romans 25. Blood of goats, but not taken away. Blotted out or cleared. It was not taken away. It was just, it was, it was just covered. It was remitted. Uh, it was forgiven. That's all it was. In Acts 2.38, go to Acts 2.38 real quick. Man, oh, man, oh, man. I didn't think I was going to... Been a, I was going to try to get you all out of here early. So maybe we can get out by 9.30 instead of 10.30. Maybe that will be where the early is. 2.38, Acts 2.38. And, and look at the wording. Then Peter said unto them, Acts 2.38. And this is where all, the, all these uh, uh, church of God, the charismatics. Get. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. Now that you understand what remission means. This is still Old Testament. These guys are doing what they're, they're getting their sins covered. And he goes, then he goes of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So once you do this, you're still applying the Old Testament thing. The New Testament salvation, although it had come at the cross, they did not understand it totally yet. It's a transition. So when you get in the book of Acts, Matthew, Acts, and, and Revelation and Hebrews are transitional books. They're dangerous books. You've got to watch them when you read them because he's, he's transitioning from Old Testament to New Testament. Uh, from uh, the New Testament, to, from the, Acts is going from the start of the church until the church is formed until you get out here where Paul finally gets the thing and it gets locked down and Cornelius, Ethiopian eunuch, salvation is fixed and you move on down through the line with that. It's just a transitional book. It's the Acts of the Apostles. It's what the apostles did. They didn't know everything. They were learning. So you got to keep this thing in your mind that, hey, uh, I'm moving down. So remission of sin means because, the, because of... Uh, he, he throws some other people in here. Forget that. Jesus, Jesus died for our sins in order that we can... That, uh, oh, that's, I don't even know why he wrote that in there. Why, why I even wrote that in there. Acts 2.38 is for the remission of sins. That's what that's for. Sins were committed from Genesis 4 all the way through. That's when uh, Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden. And forgiven on the basis of the blood of bulls and goats. They were forgiven. Their sins were remitted. Uh, I hope you don't get frustrated with me going over this word that much. But I'm telling you, there's a difference between remission and redeemed. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. How does that song go? Redeemed and I'm happy in Jesus. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm redeemed. Uh, I'm not. In the Old Testament, they can never sing that. They get uh, remitted. And that's why they get, they'd have to change the song. They just couldn't sing it the way we sing it. Uh, so uh, sins were remitted in Genesis and John 1.29 and forgiven on the basis of the blood of bulls and goats, Hebrews 10.4. But God told Moses... Uh, uh, and God told Moses that when he gave him the law, Exodus 37. The word remission and redeemed, re, uh, remission and redemption have been confused. Now look at this. Take your Bibles, go to he Hebrews 9.15. We were there a second ago. Uh, go back to 9.15. There's, there's something that, the way it's worded is interesting in your Bible. That's why you never want to get rid of a King James Bible. You don't ever have to understand everything. I like Dave said that last night about that. Uh, 
You all, you, you don't, if you think you know everything, you really don't know everything. I don't know everything. I wish I did know it. Well, no, I don't. If I knew everything, I wouldn't be here. I'd be in heaven. And this is the only place. Now, I'd like to go to heaven, but 9.15. 9.15, he says this. He says, and for this cause, he is the mediator, talking about Jesus Christ in the New Testament, that by the means of the death, uh, by, and by means of death, for the redu- a redemption of the transgressor, that's us, uh, that which were under the first testament, they, they were under the first testament, they which were, are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. So the first testament, which is the Old Testament, they could not go to heaven until they got redeemed. And that, that is Matthew when he says that when Jesus died on the cross, he went in the heart of the earth and the dead come out of the tombs after the resurrection. That's these guys right here. Uh, the new covenant, if you go on to verse 16, for wherein a testament is, uh, there must also be the necessity of the death of a testator. For a testament is of force after a man is dead. Otherwise, it is no more of any strength all the while the testator lived. So the New Testament came into play after Jesus died. So the remission uh, that many of the, the Christians applied. Now go to 22, 9-22. We'll take this verse and we'll use it, but it's out of place. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. So if remission in the Old Testament, we're still looking at Old Testament, if remission is just the covering of the sins, forgiving the sins, that has nothing to do with salvation. They're not redeemed. Their, their sins are just remitted. They're waiting to get. That's why Hebrews is a dangerous book. People will jump into Hebrews right here and say, look right there, without the shedding. Jesus shed his blood so our sins were remitted. No, my sins were redeemed. I was redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I was redeemed. My sins were remitted, but I was redeemed also at the exact same time. Old Testament saints are that way. They're not saved the same way. Now, you may say, well, you're driving. You wait, one of these days you're going to run across some idiot. Well, it, I, I, let me take it back. Some of y'all might have believed that one time. I, I don't want to call y'all idiots. Uh, I don't know if I ever believed it. I'm like Dave. I got into this thing on a back porch in Louisville, Kentucky, and it's just like, Phew! and I, I, he didn't even let me join a church for four years after I got saved until I got this book down. When I knew, oh, so I'm running you off? Is that what's happening here? Oh, there's two. I knew it. I knew you can't go to the bathroom by ones. I got, two guys go down through there, man. Y'all would think something's wrong. <laughs> two girls go down there. It's, it's normal. I don't understand that. That's one of those mysteries. That's a mystery. That's the eighth mystery. God's going to show us that in heaven. It's crazy, man. Anyways, well, no, anymore it'd be normal. (laughs) It's crazy. I was talking to somebody today, and he goes, the world's all changed. I said, yeah, it sure has. So anyways, uh, anybody got any questions? I mean, it's 20 after. Anybody got any questions? I don't want to, I mean, this stuff is pretty deep. No questions? So that means either you totally understand it or didn't get nothing. (laughs) What? You know, I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He said, I will go to him. 
right. And but Samuel, uh, if you go over, oh, go, look at this. Uh, go to 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 Second Samuel. Is where he comes up. No, you're looking at that one. But go to Second Samuel. Uh, the very it might be Kings. I'm looking for. Uh, let me go to the end of Second Samuel. Saul's getting ready to get the big one. Get killed. Yeah, the three famines. Uh, David's deliverance song. So it's probably toward the end of First Samuel. Is it First Samuel? Samuel. 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 Israel's eyes and the Lord said unto Samuel, hearken unto the voice of all the people and the Spirit came to God. It's, like, it's, in, it's in 1 Samuel at the end of 1 Samuel. And yeah, 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 keep going, 1 Samuel. 28, Who? 28, 28, 28, 28. Yeah, so verse 7, it says, Then Saul uh, said unto his servants, Seek me out a woman. So he looks for a woman. Saul disguised himself in verse 8. And uh, verse 9, it says, And the woman said unto him, Behold, thou knowest uh, what Saul had done. Because Saul said, Kill all the witches and stuff. How he had cut off those that had familiar spirits, and the wizards out of the land. Then the woman said, verse 10, 11, Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up unto thee? So whoever he's bringing, he's bringing up, not down. Uh, and he said, bring me up Samuel. And when the woman saw Samuel, uh, she cried with a loud voice uh, and said unto him, uh, that has to see me. So he sees, he sees something coming up. So they probably knew that when they died, they went down. Uh, I don't know if they knew exactly going, what was you going to say? A witch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's doing wrong. But he didn't have no idea that Samuel was going to pop up, man. Yeah, that's really Samuel. I think it is. Uh, Dr. Ruman has some things on that where he doesn't believe that totally. But I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think the witch at Windor even knew what she was doing when that happened. That strictly had to do with God. Samuel, God was, <laughs> brother, I'll tell you what, this, this is an amazing thing. God refused to listen to Saul because of his wickedness. If a witch could bring Samuel up, that tells you how bad Saul was. If she could actually get a prayer through to the Lord to bring Samuel up out of the, the and Samuel comes up, Saul must have been really messed up. I mean, really, really messed up. But he, Samuel came up, he said, tomorrow, you and your sons will be with me here tomorrow. That had to be Samuel. That couldn't, because tomorrow they died. Only someone from God would know that tomorrow they were going to die. That's a future thing. That's prophecy. How Samuel still got the prophecy dead. Whose rules? Yeah, that can't, but that's, well, no, well, Jesus said that. He said, well, yeah, Abraham said, son, I can't. That's Abraham, but Abraham's in the dead place with dead people, or in the, in the place, so he's already there. And there's a great gulf fixed between that no man can cross, so there's, 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 there's things there that can't happen. But you get outside of that, uh, God can do whatever he wants. 
Uh, I mean, he can bring a chariot out of the sky, and he can come down and pick you up and take you to heaven if he wants to. Uh, as a matter of fact, watch this one. Elisha went up. Where did he go? To heaven. Why? Because he ain't done being dead yet. He's coming back in the tribulation. He's going to die again. Uh, Enoch is up. He's gone. He'll never come back. So Moses and Elijah went up because they're not dead. They didn't die the right way first yet. They got to die the right way, and that's going to be the tribulation, and the Lord's bringing them back. Everybody else that died went down. I think they, they knew they were going to go somewhere. That's why they were making the blood offerings, the atonements, and all that other stuff. They knew they were going to go somewhere. I don't know if they knew exactly where they were going to go, because David, even when he said that little boy, he goes, I will go where he is, but he will not come back to me. Job says over there, he goes, uh, I like the way Job puts it. Uh, but, but the Jew is always looking at the earth. Go to Job, Job chapter 18 or 19, I think. I think. I think. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think. I think. I thought I had it, uh. I thought I had it marked. I do have the miserable comforts. Yeah, right here. I think. Uh, ver chapter 19. Job 19. Uh, verse 24. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand the latter days on the earth. That's a tribulation. That's a, a millennial reign of Jesus Christ. So Job's got that. And though my... Though, and though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh, he knows he's going to rise. In my flesh, I, I shall see God. Shall I see God? He says, I'll see him. Whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and, and not another, though my reins be consumed with me. And in chapter 42, he sees him before he gets out there into the, uh, the millennial reign. So they know they're going someplace. And they know the end of that thing is an earthly reign. That's what they're getting. That's the Jew. The Jew is a physical, earthly, this is hit. This is kingdom of heaven. This is my thing. Uh, where they go for the holding tank until they get there, they, they really, I don't know if they knew that 100%. There's bits and pieces that say that, and we can look back and say, oh, this, 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 and this. But for us, it says, absent from the body, present with the Lord, and the Lord went to heaven, so that's where we go. So I'm going to stop right there because... Shelly's yawning, and I know I'm putting her to sleep. <laughs> Any questions other than that one? Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the Lord can do anything. Right. He the the keys the the Lord had the keys to hell, and but hell is where the lost people went. Abraham's bosom's on the other side. So this area over here. 
is, is fully in God's control. He could bring anybody out of that any time he wanted to bring. Uh, the widow Nain, her son died. Where, where was that son at? Well, his soul could have been uh, gone. After four days, Lazarus, after four days, his soul is gone. Uh, it's probably in the heart of the earth in Abraham's bosom. And when the Lord brings Lazarus and says, Lazarus, come forth, he comes up out of that Abraham's bosom, re-enters into that body, and up it comes. Uh, I mean, it, it, the thing, what's impossible to men is not impossible to God. That, you just got to remember that sometimes. People say, well, you're just, you know, you're just been brainwashed. Well, okay, so I've been brainwashed. You've been brainwashed because you think that you're, I don't still, I lose it in this world, man. I lose it. I lose it. I just lose it. You're going to live and die and go to be tree food. And you actually want me to believe that. I want to believe that there's something beyond that, that I'm going to go and do something else after this. And you're trying to, you're trying to rain on my parade. I mean, that's, all these people rain on my parade. I don't like to be rained on. What? Yeah. No, it's not. Sheol, yeah. Yeah. That's Old Testament. Okay, but Jesus, Jesus said uh, the day that he took it, he called it paradise. He said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. So he took Abraham's bosom because uh, in, in Luke 16 is the perfect, uh, go to Luke 16 real quick, and then we'll, we'll stop right here. I don't mean to keep going and ram, rambling on. But it's good stuff, man. I mean, you got to, it's, it's because there's so many people out there, just like a guy who was going down there. I mean, he got, he got, exposed to the truth, not just because I'm who I am, but I, I was told something. I showed him something clearly. He rejected it. And when he rejected what I, I was telling him, he was rejecting truth. God rejected him and he, he, he quit me. He said, I'm done. If I can't believe what I want to believe, then this is what I was taught. Well, so what? I like Aquila and Priscilla found that guy and, and, and he goes, do you know this? He goes, no, I only know about John's baptism. So they expounded him the way of salvation more perfectly and the guy runs away right after that telling everybody about Jesus. He forgot about John. He said, hey, let me go tell him about Jesus. And, and he didn't have no problem. So the word of God is, is one of those things. But anyways, uh, Luke 16, 19. Abraham's bosom, right there. Jesus is telling the story. So when you get to 22, it says, And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. So the Lord is calling it Abraham's bosom at this point. Yet, when he dies on the cross, he tells the thief, because the Lord hadn't taken possession of it yet. He's telling you exactly what it is. Here's what it is today. This is what I'm going to call the thing. It's Abraham's bosom. This is where Abraham's at. Everybody's there, Adam, Eve, all of them. They're all right there, right there in Abraham's bosom. Then he dies on the cross, and the thief says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He says, the day thou shalt be in the paradise. So he takes possession of Abraham's bosom that day, because he's going to be down there for three days today. He's going down there. That's now mine, and I'm changing. Abraham, sorry, you had it long enough. It's cool, man. You've had it for a couple thousand years. It's cool. But it's, it's, uh, you must decrease, I must increase. Remember that John the Baptist thing? Okay, this is going to happen to you too. It happens to all of us. It happens to the best of them. And, he, and Abraham stood, stepped aside and said, Lord, it's yours anyways. I just, it's like the guy with ten talents. I mean, I mean he, came, he gave him one thing, and Abraham said, Lord, we've kept everything down here the way we were supposed to keep it, well, whatever it was, and, and kept it clean. Here it is, it's yours. I'm giving it back to you. And then the Lord comes down there, takes it, paradise. Paul says over in, uh, I think it's uh, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 12, said a new man about 14 years ago, blah, 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 more anybody. Such one caught up to heaven, to the third heaven, to paradise. So now paradise is shot into heaven. And when, so he, he pulled it up out of here, took it up there. Hell enlarged itself. 
and now that's all it is. So for him to pull anybody out of that back then, what is that to him anyways? And Samuel came up because Saul requested it, and, and that means that Samuel got permission to do that. At, that witch at Endor, uh, me and Dr. Roman disagree on a couple things. I could be totally wrong. Could be totally wrong. I'll say that. I'll, I'll preface that whole thing. But I don't put anything past God. I don't put anything. Now, the devil, I'll put stuff past him. But when it comes to Lord, Lord God Almighty, forget it. I mean, he, if he wants to bring somebody up. And when Samuel said, tomorrow shalt thou be with me here. I've heard people say, well, Saul died and went to hell. I don't know. Samuel said, you're going to be with me. Uh, on this, it sounds to me like the me thing is on this side over here. Uh, so I'm going to put you over here. You're going to be over here, and you blew it. Your sins were redeemed. You were remitted, but you weren't redeemed. You got so you, I'm telling you what, the remission thing is cool. But us on the other side, we're, we're on this side of the cross. Uh, I'll say this. I know I'll shut up. I'm lying. I, you know I am, but that's okay. Uh, verse 25, 26. Go to 26 real quick. Now he's going to go to this side of the cross, our side. That's where 26 is coming in. And I'm just going to read the verse, and I'm stopping. To declare, now it's Paul, he's, he's talking, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of all them that believeth in Jesus. That's us. We're on this side now. 326 is us. And he's going to start talking about us and what happened to us and what happened to me. I got redeemed. I got remitted. My sins were remitted and redeemed at the moment I sanctified. All this good stuff. I got... I got I got, uh, his righteousness was imputed to me, everything. On this side over here, man, I mean, I was overloaded on this side. These guys over here had to do all this stuff. Work, 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 On this side over here, I can do anything. But you have to get to the, and salvation is key. You have to believe it. Do you believe? Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Be with us as we depart and fellowship here for the next couple of minutes. And Father, we'll praise you on you in Jesus' name. Amen. Any more questions? Yes, sir. So, Abraham's bosom, on the hill of the cross, like Abraham was like the keeper of? Or he was the head honcho, the big cheese. No. The, the big kahuna. <laughs>